0: Welcome to our newest adventure for first responder wellness. No one fights alone. In depth conversations about mental health and culture in the first responder space. We're joined by your co hosts, Austin Pedersen and Brad Shepard.
1: What's up, Rob B? You! What's going on, Brad? Hey, man. Well, Austin is taking a little bit of, of a well needed sabbatical and. Uh, as always, you are gracious in volunteering to step in and as any time we need, and love having you on. So you're going to be playing the part of Austin today, with hair, no less. I see you with hair. I your beard beard less and hair on your head. So I, Austin's going to enjoy listening to this right here. I,
2: I hope so because uh, I mean he is balding and uh, he does have a. A man beard though so uh i got nothing on him i got i got a clean shave it's from my years of having to shave for the i he
1: does rock that beard well man i i do say i am envious of the beard even though i have a good head of hair it's genetics native american that dude looks killer in that beard it, he's he's pretty badass i mean you throw on the you throw the tats in there he's got a killer look
2: yeah he's taken ladies he's definitely taken
1: yeah <laughs> he is taken <laughs> He is taken, and she's the better part of the deal. Oh, 100%. She is a jewel. So, man, what's going on? What's been happening this week? Anything?
2: No, man, I got a project that's uh, crazy going on in my house. So, uh, I'm consumed with uh, making my Zen koi pond slash backyard remodel.
1: I love your house. Been to your house. Love that. You and Shannon have uh, done. It's just absolutely beautiful. You two are building a great home there. And I I actually saw the whole, you know, the the stove, the cookout, the grill, all that put in. But I haven't seen the koi pond. So we're working on the koi pond. What does that look like right now? Just a hole in the ground?
2: Uh, No. no. Uh, Actually, uh, I dug the hole out the ground, and if anybody knows uh, Arizona dirt, it is uh, cement, it's not dirt. So I dug out uh, about three feet down, and uh, we put up uh, a custom-made waterfall, and uh, then I decided, you know what, I want to extend my patio, so I extended my patio, and then I said, well, I'm sick of walking on rocks to get to my uh, garbage pail, so I decided to... Do a paver walkway. Yeah, it, my brain is just—it's special, special. <laughs> and as my home group says, uh, guys with PTSD usually do about eighty-seven percent, and then the project gets not done. So I'm yeah. trying—I'm trying to beat that motif.
1: Well, eighty-seven percent's pretty high.
2: Yeah, I mean, but that's. I mean, for
1: goodness. most most first responders, only hit about fifty to sixty percent of that. They got cabinet doors falling off. They got grass knot mode. You know, it's pretty consistent. Of
2: well, I, that window
1: of tolerance is so narrow. They just come home, sit their ass on the couch, and they're done for the day.
2: I want to sit on my couch and do nothing all day, but I just see the giant hole in my backyard and say, I cannot wait till there's koi fish swimming around in there and hearing the waterfall.
1: So how far away are you from completion?
2: Uh, I'll talk to you in a year. (laughs) (laughs) No, I went to Home Depot today and uh, bought another couple hundred dollars worth of parts so uh, we can start plumbing and doing all that fun stuff. So hopefully uh, we'll get on track within the next uh, two to three months and my backyard will be completed.
1: Well, you're, uh, I think that's exciting. I think you're on a, you're on a great path there of just keeping your projects moving and, uh, keeping that beautiful home, uh, growing. Hey, you were telling me a little bit of a story just a second ago. What was that? Let's share that with the listeners. What was that? Uh, what was that great story you said you ran into? So, uh, with Chateau,
2: I learned how to read, uh, <laughs> because, uh, I hadn't congratulations. Read... Yeah. Yeah. it's actually pretty cool. I never, uh, read a book. Uh, so, uh, I actually complete books now, which is kind of crazy. Uh, so my sister actually gave me a book, uh, and it's all about the thoughts inside your, your mind. And I read this cool story before bed last night about a samurai and a monk and the monk is just sitting there, uh, I know his own business meditating and the samurai wants to know the difference between heaven and hell. And he asks the monk, he says, hey, what's the difference between heaven and hell? And the monk does not give him a response. He just continues to meditate. And the samurai continues and continues to ask him and still no response. So he gets frustrated, takes out a samurai sword and goes to behead the monk. And at the last second, he stops and then just breaks down and cries. And the monk looks at him, stops his meditation, looks at him and says, that is the difference between heaven and hell. And I'm like, wow,
1: that that's is a,
2: that's strong.
1: That's heavy. So but, what in, in your, in your reflection of that, what did you draw from that?
2: I mean, talk about powerful. Um, first off, let's just talk about the monk basically stay in that meditative state and just ignore the outside world. That is the most difficult thing to do, especially when you're not healthy. So this guy is just meditating there and he has this trained killer that's ready to behead him. And he has the mindfulness and the thought process of standing to his ground and saying, Hey, This is what I believe in. And I trust that my higher power, my God, whoever is going to get me through this. And he knew what the answer was going to be before the samurai realized it. So I I think that a lot of people focus on the samurai where I kind of focused on the monk.
1: Sure. Sure. I think as I listen to that, um, you know, he's, he, if, if, correct me if I'm wrong here, if I heard this correctly, uh, the moment he said that's hell was when the samurai was demonstrating revenge and going to take his head. 100%. Yeah, is that right? Yep, 100%. And if I remember that story correctly, when the samurai stopped, is when he said that's heaven. Yes. So. Is there an element there where the revenge itself is our position in uh, or his position of hell and the empathy have, we have for human humanity, as he says, is that that's heaven?
2: That's what I believe. That's my concept of this.
1: Oh, such a great story. Such a great story. I mean, I think... Um, you know, our empathy for humankind is just so narrow anymore. You know, it doesn't matter if you're uh, driving down the interstate or walking through Walmart. I've I, i, I I've often commented uh, going to Target or Walmart early in the morning, um, these little old ladies just, just seem to be so rude anymore. I mean, there just seems to be a rudeness to it, which, uh, you know, you want to bump say something or yell back or uh, it it just seems like uh, the, the humanity and the empathy people show towards humanity seems to be lost anymore.
2: Oh, 100%. I don't know where it went. Uh, I remember when I was a kid, people would actually hold the door for you and say, good morning. And I've had countless times recently where doors have been closed in my face and people just ignore <laughs> me. And I'm like,
1: like you don't exist.
2: Yeah. And I'm like, bro, I go to the same gym as you. We see each other every day and you just close the door on my face. What, why you are you that, not that mindful?
1: Do you think that has to do with, um, people just living so isolated anymore? You know, I think COVID really did something for us in in conjunction with that to where, uh, we just, isolate ourselves and now live in our own little bubble to, to ignore uh, those around us. Uh, I really, I really think that plays a part into it.
2: You know, I Uh, think so too, but I also think that social media and the lack of mindfulness, uh, what I learned when I was going through treatment still now to this day is that when you're present and you know what's going on, you are mindful of others as well. So when you're healthy with yourself, and you're being mindful, and you're present, and you're li- you're being an active listener or an active observant, then you actually affect other people.
1: So if we take that in the in the context of the story, most people are living in hell. One hundred percent. This, uh, I I am isolated. I look within and I'm hateful outward. If you get in my way or, uh, you know, seeking some type of revenge type, uh, behavior. I mean, I think there's some truth to that. I think there's a lot of people living in a lot of hurt out here today.
2: And you know what? I think that it's a fine line. And I think that we, I mean, I know that I cross it every once in a while, you know, you get that road rage, you get that guy that cuts you off, (laughs) You know, or you get a rude person or you're just having a really crappy day, you know. So I think there's a line and everybody thinks that hell is, you know, this awful place where, you know, there's devils and demons and all that stuff. But I think the story basically goes to say that um, the negative energy and you could change it from any religion, but the negative energy is impacting you. The negative energy is what is causing you to road rage, that's causing you to have bad thoughts. Whereas if you had an open mind and said, you know what, you know, in the road rage type of thing, maybe that guy's going through a traumatic event or a girl's going through a traumatic event. Maybe they just had a fight with their wife. or So and that's what I learned through the recovery process is think of the outside world. The world doesn't revolve around me. Now, can I, do I control everything that goes on in my life? Yes. Whatever I can have the result and the outcome, absolutely. But I have no control over what happened in somebody else's life earlier in the day. And I don't know what happened to them early in the day. So don't let those negative thoughts impact your thoughts and your thought process and ending up in your day.
1: Man, that's such a great lesson. Um, to the, to the point of, I read a book, um, long time ago called, uh, love and respect by Emerson Egrick. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a relationship book. It's an intimate relationship, if not a marriage book, uh, focusing on, you know, the love and respect, but the concept of that, one of the, one of the amazing concepts of that, that I still draw on today is, uh, they used a metaphor called the uh, crazy cycle. And the theory of, within that book was um, if you if I don't receive love or if I don't receive respect from you, I'm not going to love you back. And then the partner would be, well, if you don't love me, I'm not going to respect you. Anyway, that was the theory of the book. But what I drew from that was that simple application can have so many different varying applications to it that if you're not nice to me I'm gonna be not nice to you back and if I'm not nice to you back that means you're not gonna continue you're gonna continue to not be nice to me and it starts this cycle this kind of crazy cycle of Rob I'm gonna be mean to you and Rob says well if you're gonna be mean to me I'm gonna be mean to you back and then you and I just start this kind of crazy cycle. And I really think that happens to people a lot out functioning in, in the real world where, well, if you're going to drive bad, I might as well drive bad. And that means now we have two people have worked in this collusion of bad energy, as you put it, of and it's a crazy cycle, right? And and you're just entering into this this cycle, this kind of negative energy. And you know, the book books, the book, uh, part of the metaphor of the book was somebody has to put their foot out and say, okay, stop. No matter what happens, I'm going to, because I want to live a life of health or positive energy or whatever, love I'm going to do right. Whether I receive right or not, I'm going to, does that make sense? What I'm saying?
2: Oh, absolutely. And I was just, when you were talking about that, uh, i I was mindfully, mindfully listening, but my brain jumped to when I was a cop and, you know, you hear this and cause I went out with a bunch of cops for lunch yesterday and you hear that story of, you know, this guy's an asshole or this guy screwed up this and uh, I hate that guy or that chief did this or whatever. And I felt that I just start receiving this negative energy. And I'm feeling it and I'm feeling it. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh yeah, that guy's an asshole. I can't stand him. I can... Whereas I came in there open-minded, uh, feeling good. And I left there going, man, I just called like four people an asshole. And people, you know, like, it, and it's just that negative energy. And I think that that was a lot of my issues at work as well is that, uh, you go into the briefing room, you go into the you know, squad room, whatever you guys call it. And, you know, I, I was the sergeant. I, you know, I was, Oh, I hate this guy. I hate that guy. Oh, this is BS. And that I pushed that negative energy, uh, which I thought was just commonplace instead of going, Hey, guys, <laughs> we have so much to be grateful for. We have, great paychecks, we have a car that we drive in with air conditioning and focus on the small things, then I think that I would have been a better leader, if that makes any sense.
1: Well, I I, I 100% agree. I think the crazy wheel, let's dub it for this conversation purposes, the crazy wheel. uh, And and to use your example, uh, the crazy wheel was spinning when you went to lunch and you just jumped on it and said, Hey, I'm I'm going to jump on there with you and you and you end up jumping on this wheel for a while. Hey, they're going to talk negative, so I'm going to receive that negative and and give it back and you end up in this little crazy wheel cycle of and then when you leave there, you're because it is not normally a part of your day now, you leave there thinking, wow, this is not a place I want to exist. And but but I think oftentimes back in our careers, uh, cause I certainly can empathize with exactly what you're saying in our careers, man, the, the first responder career, especially law enforcement, it's real easy to jump on that crazy wheel. You're going to talk bad about somebody. So I'm going to jump on there and talk bad about them with you. And we start this crazy wheel and somebody has to put their foot down and jump off and say, okay, I'm going to reverse the crazy wheel. I'm, may, may not openly talk bad about this person, but I'm actually just going to stop this crazy wheel and get on the, Hey, what's positive in life? What is, what is, uh, what is going well? What can I be grateful for? What a part of this can I do that actually can exemplify something that's positive that makes my life fruitful or that I can draw down on as positive energy as what you were referring to. Uh, and start a cycle of positivity. See, and but I think that, and that's contagious as well. That's contagious as well.
2: Oh, absolutely. But I felt that I was, I was scared. Now, now looking back at it and reviewing that conversation, I was scared. I was like, if I bring up mindfulness, if I bring up, Hey, there's great things in life that you guys should be thankful about and who cares about what this guy did or that guy did i was afraid that they would switch it on me and you know hey you're the puss you're you know what are you doing now you're you know going down buddhist roads or or whatever and then i would have to explain myself so it's just easier to get on that wheel the crazy wheel and sympathize with them and go yeah this person's an asshole and whatever and then i leave and i'm exhausted because i'm i'm living a lie like hey i want to live this positive lifestyle and I want to have this positive outcome and I want to be there and present. But then I have this negative energy that just takes over when I'm with people that are just constantly negative.
1: Well, I, I, man, I appreciate your vulnerability in that because there's a component there. Also, you want to be accepted. 100% be accepted by your uh, cohorts, your coworkers, your friends, uh, the people that you've worked around, uh, and, so many times uh if you offer that maybe that reflective viewpoint you come across as uh uh, there's the pollyanna of the group you know he's the oh there's mr positive and they start this cycle on you uh of of you're a weirdo you're stupid you're you know whatever negative or derogatory uh term they can come up with in that moment to to give you shit about which is that's the name of the game and in those kind of environments, right? Absolutely. But the, uh, you know, the reality is, the heaven or hell. The the, the samurai monk metaphor that you were just posing, or the story, is, uh, which one would you prefer to exist in? Uh, I I do think there are forms of, uh, unpleasantness, hell, as you were, uh, that that exist in people that just stay in that negative. Uh, arena and their lives are living hells as they were of just unpleasantness.
2: I I believe that 100%. And I think that um, like what you were telling me earlier off air that we have to re uh, or look at what our past experiences were and what happened in our, you know, last 24 hours, review it. And go, hey, how can I make myself better? And that's that's what I like to do. That's what I like to uh, what I did last night, and that's why I came to this epiphany of, yeah, you know, I did engage in negative uh, negative talk about others. Uh, I did engage in what we're calling negative energy, uh, and that cir- that crazy circle or crazy wheel, and you know, it. I'm not proud of it but I will strive to do better.
1: And that's all you can do, right? That's give ourselves the grace of saying, Hey, I missed the mark today, but I'm going to do better tomorrow. What is the name of the book? That sounds like a fascinating book. That sounds like a really uh, great read.
2: That's a, uh, that's a good question. Uh, it's, ah, no worries. It's somewhere in my house. <laughs>
1: Well, it reminds me of a book uh, that I read a long time ago uh, when my boys were little. Uh, I was given a book, um, uh, William Bennett, called The Book of Virtues, and it is full of these absolutely great um, parables and stories and life lessons uh, that are used, can be used to teach uh, you know your kids or or I used it a lot in my teaching uh, when I was teaching a lot I would I mean it's it's a it's just an absolutely great book on life principles uh, just to be kind to others uh, but there's a really great um, uh, application to that for life um, so if you if you find the book uh, I would love to know the name of it. it might be an interesting read i'm always up for a good read
2: i will definitely have it by the next time i talk to you uh because i'll find it somewhere in my house uh but then uh it just dawned on me when you're talking that i was a big tv watcher big movie watcher and mm-hmm. we're talking about reading books right now and it sparks our brain it sparks our thoughts and interests and when i was in uh when i was in rehab um i was I didn't have that. I didn't have the TV, didn't have the phone, didn't have the iPad and I read and it opened my mind up to, you know, uh, different stories, the four agreements that, that really stuck with me.
1: Oh, such a great book. Oh, amazing
2: book. I read it twice because it was so good. So Mm -hmm. I want to put out for our listeners that yeah, movies and TV are great, but sometimes if we just pick up a book and then read about it and then open our minds to what it's saying, I think I got more of an impact via the book than I ever did of a movie.
1: So, so true. The, the, I find, I find reading really healthy for me. Uh, if I'm reading, it's usually a reflection of, of how I'm doing. If I've got a book in my hand. Uh, but the the four agreements is such a great book it's a recommendation to anybody out there listening if you haven't read that book it's absolutely a phenomenal book of just being good to yourself and being kind to yourself just some great principles on how to live life positively
2: all his books are great
1: yeah well rob let's wrap this up this has been this has been a great conversation let's circle back to kind of the point of the of this we've Uh, we started off with your, uh, with your heaven and hell, uh, picture. If we were, if you had some words of wisdom to the, to the listeners on, uh, how to just live your life in peace and serenity and, and, uh, happiness, what would you tell them in conjunction with that, uh, lesson?
2: Well, like I say, in nausea, um, it's you and your recovery first. So if you take yourself and you make yourself right and you make yourself the best person that you can be, you will not have that fear of saying, you know what? This is me. This is who I identify as. And you know what? Hey, that gives me the power, the good energy to say, Hey, you know what? I see what you guys are coming from. I see you're coming from an angry place and dark energy, but this is the other side. This is the more clear minded side. This is the more happier side that's what I would take away from
1: it. Such a great lesson. Rob D. Thanks, man. Always Been a pleasure good visiting brother. with you today.
2: Absolutely. I should take Austin spot more often.
1: <laughs> you look, you're uh, much more handsome. I'll just give you that right off the bat.
2: Hey, face for radio.
1: Face for radio, baby. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. You got it, man
3: chateau recovery is a 16-bed treatment facility nestled in the foothills of the wasatch mountains in midway utah chateau's first responder resiliency program is designed to treat the unique challenges and issues that first responders encounter in the course of their careers chateau's comprehensive and highly individualized approach to treatment addresses more than just the presenting issues it addresses the why Each of their seasoned, trauma-trained, and culturally competent therapists utilize evidence-based, specialized therapies to treat trauma at its core and enable clients to begin the healing process while developing a resilient and healthy relationship with stress. Chateau Recovery is trusted by departments and agencies from around the country to treat responders and veterans. In fact, it is one of only a handful of facilities nationwide that is vetted and approved to treat members of the Fraternal Order of Police. For more information, or to speak to a representative, go to chateaurecovery.com or call 888-507-5031.
0: No One Fights Alone is also sponsored by First Responder Trauma Counselors. First Responder Trauma Counselors are subject matter experts in proactive behavioral health care for frontline workers through their National Peer Support Academy. This 40-hour all-badges, all-uniforms, and all-scrubs educational experience helps to create caring, honest, and empathetic peer support relationships with your fellow frontline workers. The FRTC National Peer Support Academy is taught by actual first responders who have gone back to school to become culturally competent, licensed behavioral health clinicians that teach from lived experiences, not just theories from books. This fast-paced, immersive educational academy will not just change your life it will help you save the lives of others. For additional details, visit 991overwatch.org or call 970 419 3 This could be the most life-changing academy you'll ever